Welcome to In the Oil Patch, presented by Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine and sponsored by Steer. In the Oil Patch is where together we learn and explore topics that affect us all in oil and gas, business, and in your community. Every week, our host, Kim Bellotto, along with me, Alvin Bailey, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch. Welcome to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. I'm your host, Kim Bellotto, and we've got a great show lined up for you. This week is the second week of a six-part series in which we will be talking to David Dickert, who is the head of the oil and gas for the Americas for Agreco. I also want to talk about our latest issue of Shell Magazine quickly. Our cover is Kathy Lane, who is the CEO of Suncoast Resources, Inc. I'd like to encourage our listeners to go to shellmag.com, click on the latest issue of Shell Magazine and learn all about Kathy. Uh, And one of the things that really um, makes me so proud to have her on our cover is the fact that this is our issue that's dedicated to the women in the energy industry. And so there's a lot of profiles on a lot of women that are just really going out there and doing some dynamic things. I'd also uh, encourage you guys, we are having our annual State of Energy in beautiful Corpus Christi, Texas on August 29th. Come on down to Corpus Christi, enjoy a little bit of the sea breeze and learn a lot about oil and gas. Um, We are currently right now looking for sponsors and of course ticket sales uh, are going. It will be a sold out event. So if you're interested in coming to Corpus Christi on August 29th and being a part of Shell Magazine's State of Energy and learning all about what's going on in the Corpus Christi area as well as the Permian Basin area, I encourage you to visit shellmag.com, that's S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G.com to uh, learn more and of course purchase tickets to attend. You know, our show airs in all markets in Texas, uh, primarily in Houston and Austin, San Antonio, Permian Basin area, Corpus Christi. And um, one of, uh, there's a nonprofit out there called Future of the Region of South Texas. It actually is covering 47 counties in South Texas that they look at what is in the best interest for South Texas in areas of transportation, water, oil and gas, border issues, you name it. And this year, their conference will be held in Laredo on September 12th at the Texas A&M International University Student Center. I encourage you, if you want to be involved, if you're living in South Texas, this is a conference for you. Um, And I truly hope that you will get involved. If you um, want to make a difference in where you're living, this is the conference for you to attend. But for more information, visit Future Region stx.org and i hope to see you there but now it's time to bring on our resident energy expert and editor of shell magazine david blackman david welcome hey it's another beautiful day in texas well it it, it's another beautiful day in the world i would say because uh something new has happened uh as we tape today in preparation for the weekend show and by the time this airs it'll be yesterday's news but today is definitely a different historical day um, and I want to get your opinion on the visit to Singapore that President Trump and the leader of North Korea Kim Jong-un what's happening over there and what is making this so different 
Well, it, it, it's huge. I mean, first of all, it's, it's a huge event in world history, quite honestly. It's um, the first time an American president has met with a leader of North Korea. Um, after 64 years of uh, looking at each other across the demilitarized zone and pointing nuclear weapons at one another, we finally have a president who is willing to sit down and actually have a conversation with a leader from North Korea, despite the advice of all the uh, professional diplomats at the State Department. Um, and guess what happened? What happened was uh, a very cordial meeting at which a very important agreement in principle was signed and a process to de denuclearize not just North Korea, but the entire Korean Peninsula has begun. Now that'll take several months to complete. Um, but it's 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 the kind of thing that can happen when you have a, a leader of this country who is willing to take risks. You know, previous presidents were never willing to even think about, even consider a face-to-face -face meeting with, with the leader of North Korea. You know, who is an evil dictator? You know, there's no question about that. No one should think otherwise of the guy. But guess what? It, that never stopped us from, from meeting with uh, the leaders in Russia and the Soviet Union, uh, no one ever had a problem with that, especially in the Democratic Party and the American left-wing news media. No, none of them ever had a problem with, with any of those meetings. Well, my gosh, the Soviet Union, the Communist Party in the Soviet Union, massacred 30 million of their own people over the years. So, so what's the difference? I don't know. Uh, so we finally have a president who's willing to risk a little political capital and tell his professional foreign policy people to shut up and leave him alone and, and let him go over there and have this meeting. And it, it turned into a huge success. And it's, it's a great moment in world history if it leads to the goal established this week. And so it's, it, you know, if it's a success, it will be a benefit to every country on the face of the planet. So why not try it? Trump's attitude was, well, what we've done for the last 64 years hasn't worked. Let's try something different. What a concept. So, I, you know, I just think it's terrific and hope it's successful. And what do you say to the critics that have been very critical of him that this is not how it's done and you need years to prepare and the experts <laughs> need to get in there? And I think there's something else that I'm seeing, and that is there is a comfort between what I see, President Trump and our Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, that we never saw before with him and Secretary of State Rex Tillerson. There is a, no, that's true. There's yeah. a truth, there's a belief that they believe in one another. And I think that when they went, they were both very prepared and so was the leader of North Korea to, they had come to some kind of a decision or agreement at least in, in theory that Kim Jong-un said himself last night, I can't wait for the world to see we are going to make some changes. I mean, he even seems excited <laughs> about well, the and changes. He, and he already has. I mean, and again, the, the news media won't report this, but he already has. He, he's already blown up, completely destroyed his main nuclear testing facility. He did that a month ago. Uh, it got about two minutes of news coverage here in the United States, and then they left the story because it wasn't a negative story on Trump. Uh, he's he you know uh, got rid of of three generals within his military who were opposed to making this move you know in order to clear the path for making an agreement with the United States 
Um, and, and so he's already gone about doing a lot of things. I, honestly, I think this is going to move very quickly. I think you're going to see him in, in the next couple of months dismantle most of his nuclear capability in a very short period of time because he wants to get these sanctions lifted and start building a real economy in his country. And, you know, one of the most striking things to me in watching the news coverage of, of the event on Monday evening was the fact that, that Kim gets over there to Singapore. He's only been out of his home country a couple of times in his whole life. So he gets to Singapore, this amazingly vibrant and bustling city that's not even in a free democratic nation just in, in any real sense. And he spends five or six hours just going around the city and seeing all these incredible things that he could have in his home in his own country if he just allowed it, right? And allowed free trade and, and foreign investment in his country. All of that can come to North Korea too. So to me, the, the scheduling it to happen in Singapore was a stroke of genius. I don't know who in the administration thought of it, but it was a great idea. And, and the whole thing was just pulled off uh, brilliantly. It probably was Dennis Rodman's idea because you know, <laughs> you know that uh, he he that's his one of his best friends is is Dennis Rodman, and I think probably deep deep down inside this North Korean dictator also was a huge fan of President Trump's from The Apprentice. And so, what President Trump has probably done was he starstruck the North Korean <laughs> chairman, uh, if you will, well, whatever and uh, works. whatever worked, uh, we're glad we're here. And with that, we do have to take a quick break. But when we return, we're going to welcome back David Dickert, who is the head of oil and gas for the Americas for Greco. Stick around and we'll be right back. In the Oil Patch Radio Show is proud to bring you this week's Energy Minute, produced by ShaleMag.com. Here's Texas Railroad Commissioner Ryan Sitton with your current industry update. This is Texas Railroad Commissioner Ryan Sitton with your Energy Minute. In 10 days, the members of OPEC will meet at their annual mid-year meeting, where Russia is expected to push for an output increase of more than 1 million barrels per day. If this happens, analysts estimate that the world will have only 2 million barrels per day of excess capacity. With global demand currently at 100 million barrels per day, if demand jumped up 2 million barrels, then all of the world's production would be consumed for the first time in history. With the world adding between 1.5 and 2 million barrels per day of demand each year, it appears that oil markets will be very tight in the near future. WTI ended the day down 3 cents to close at $66.04 a barrel. This is Ryan Sitton, and that's your Energy Minute. Listen to In the Oil Patch Radio and keep up with the oil and gas industry online at shalemag.com. From the industry's toughest frack equipment manufacturer comes the latest innovation in frack sand delivery. Introducing Sandforce, the new frack sand delivery system from Dragon. The unique design, double drop gravity fed discharge system is trailer mounted and unloads the standard 25 tons in less than 12 minutes. So go ahead, give yourself an unfair advantage. Put the power of Sandforce to work for you today. Call 800-231-8198. Again, that number is 800-231-8198 or visit dragonsandforce.com. Be sure to join Shell Magazine for their third annual State of Energy Luncheon in Corpus Christi, Texas on August 29, 2018. 
If you want to learn more about the state of the energy industry, this is a luncheon that you don't want to miss. So join us in Corpus Christi on August 29th, 2018 from 1130 to 1. For more information, go to shale, S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G.com. Again, that's shale, S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G.com. Sponsorship and tickets are now available. Once again, go to shale, S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G.com. Hope to see you there. American Wounded Heroes invites you to participate in our 11th Annual Golf Classic on August 6th, hosted at the Dominion Country Club at One Dominion Drive in San Antonio, Texas. The mission of the American Wounded Heroes Golf Classic is to significantly enhance and brighten the lives of our American Wounded Heroes and first responders. So come play some golf with us. You can participate as a golfer or sponsor a hero for $150 per person. Multiple corporate sponsorships are still available, but they're selling out fast. So please visit AmericanWoundedHeroesGolfClassic.com. Again, that's AmericanWoundedHeroesGolfClassic.com for more details. You can also contact J.D. Damien at 210-381-7492. And we're back. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is David Dickard, who is the head of oil and gas for the Americas for Greco. And David, I'm really excited to have you back on because this week we've been doing these wonderful series to help everyone understand a little bit more about oil and gas. And of course, the, the partnership that Agreco has made in the commitment to the oil and gas sector. And I'm really excited that today we're going to start talking about alternative fuels and how they are playing their part in the oil and gas sector, and so is Agreco. So let's get started with tell me a little bit about alternative fuels, specifically in the way of how is the energy sector utilizing these for their benefit, and then, of course, how does Agreco come in and uh, play into that? Typically, everybody likes to use diesel, and the reason they like to use diesel is because it's fast, it's easy, um, it's readily available, it's proven technology, all those good things, and um, normally, um, whenever a producer needs uh, power for their artificial lift, Nine times out of ten, it's not something that they were foreseeing that they needed. So sometimes it comes up in a bit of an emergency-type situation. So uh, the ease of using a diesel generator and diesel is just the way things operate, and it gets it kind of off of their plate, and, and they move on to, to, to focusing on the, the production of oil. What we've tried to do um, and to support the industry with getting more efficient and more environmental is developing systems that we can utilize alternative fuels because that's where the impact to the environment is a positive, more positive, and that's where the efficiency is more of a positive. So we focus on using the field gas, the gas that's coming out of the the, uh, ground with the oil and the water. We have engineered and designed systems that can use that gas to capture straight it straight as a stream. We capture it, no treating whatsoever. We take it just as it is coming out of the ground, and we utilize it. Um, the other thing that um, we're seeing from an alternative fuel standpoint is the use of CNG and LNG and being able to adapt systems and engineer systems that can utilize CNG and LNG 
And the, the, the challenge with all three of these is the ability to use this fuel exactly like diesel fuel, where it's, it's uh, easily, it's readily acceptable, um, uh, and it just kind of flows so it's not very cumbersome to utilize that fuel. It's taken a number of years to get us that point. So our business is focused on designing solutions to make it easy to utilize alternative fuel. So that's that's. Well, David, though, it's interesting because you're looking at it from how to use it to benefit the operator. But I also want to switch gears and talk a little bit about the environment as well. Tell me a little bit about when you're out at the rig sites, um, there's certain fuels that have to be taken into consideration because there can be hazards if they're highly flammable. And not to mention that natural gas, uh, LNG, um, and uh, CNG, they are just better fuels. And so when when you see a company taking uh, those type of, of fuels versus the diesel, who may not may not burn so clean, but still it truly is a great fuel because it's not highly flammable. These things really do have one, a safety factor attached to them. And then of course, the cleaner burning for the environment. So Tell me a little bit about what you think, uh, how you guys are working with these alternative fuels to benefit the environment. Right. Well, you're right. I mean, um, uh, the systems are engineered to safely operate these types of fuels. Um, And uh, uh, just as, you know, diesel, uh, natural gas in the CNG form or LNG form or field gas, uh, whether it's coming straight out of the ground, uh, these are all safe fuel alternatives and their safety is built within the the products to make sure that uh, uh, that you don't have any issues you know um, there's a lot of environmental impact that you don't readily think about with uh, using diesel fuel number one you have to transport it so you have trucks on the road uh, you're increasing traffic on the highway Uh, the other thing that you have to think about with diesel fuel is we have to control to make sure we don't spill it Right? So if you have a release with CNG or field gas, the, 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 it just goes into the environment. There is no cleanup, uh, and these systems have safety uh, built around it, so you don't have to worry about any type of relief being a safety impact. So from an environmental standpoint, whenever we can utilize these alternative fuels, especially field gas that's readily available right there at the pad, you, you have a big impact to the environment. No spills. Uh, you get trucks off the road, uh, and uh, it's even it's more cost effective. A lot of people, I think, the perception is because it's oil and gas. Um, you know, especially people who tend to lean more towards this is a, a a negative to the community, even though we all use it every day, and you have to to sustain, quite frankly, just life itself. But the energy industry is truly converting and using and taking advantage of a lot of different types of great alternative fuels, like you said, um, in really becoming more energy efficient as well as cost effective. But David, we do have to take a quick break. When we return, I want to get back on the topic of alternative fuels. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. Hi. 
Hi, I'm Kim Pilato, host of In the Oil Patch Radio Show and president of Future of the Region South Texas. And I'd like to encourage you to join me on September 12th through the 14th at the Texas A&M International University in Laredo, Texas at the Student Center, where we will be discussing some of the most important regional topics for South Texas. The future of the region includes you. Help support the future of the region by shaping your thoughts with other local experts on innovative solutions to challenging regional issues. Help shape the future of the region by sharing your thoughts with other local experts on innovative solutions to challenging regional issues. We encourage you to join us September 12th through the 14th in beautiful Laredo, Texas at the Texas A&M International University Student Center. To learn more about this amazing organization or to purchase a ticket to attend the event, please visit futureregionstx.org. Again, that's futureregionstx.org. The vision of the Women's Energy Network is to be the premier organization that educates, attracts, retains, and develops professional women working across the value chain. Also known as WEN, our mission is to develop programs that provide networking opportunities and foster career and leadership development of women who work in the energy industry. Thousands of women are breaking ground in energy industry careers every year, and 4,000 of them are already members of the Women's Energy Network across our 14 chapters. Members receive exclusive access to mentoring, job boards, group discussions, member-only networking events, expert speaking engagements, and more. Join today by visiting womensenergynetwork.org slash Houston or call 1-855-390-0650. And we're back. Our guest today is David Dickert, who is head of oil and gas for the Americas for Agreco. And David, before the break, we were talking about alternative fuels. And now I want to drill down just a little bit and talk about the technology that Agreco has that actually allows you guys to use the field gas, if you will, that uh, instead of basically using diesel, you guys are using actual gas coming straight out from the field. Tell me what you guys are doing and how is that benefiting the oil and gas sector? Right. So we've, we've developed over the last couple of years, we've developed a number of technologies um, that uh, allows us to uh, reliably utilize field gas. And one of the, one of the technologies that uh, we've developed is utilization of field gas with high BTU. Um, and uh, normally uh, a BTU range of 900 to 1300 BTUs of the gas that, that comes out of the ground is, is usable. Anything higher than that, and you begin to have to, you have to derate the engines that you operate, and it could, uh, the gas is so hot, it uh, deteriorates the engine and causes reliability issues. So, um, Normally, in areas of the production field that have these high BTU gases, um, the producers have opted not to utilize the gas for power generation, uh, and they flare it um, because the treatment of that gas is relatively expensive. Um, So what we've been able to do is design a technology that will take the gas and it reduces the BTU content of that gas on site. Uh, It's very cost effective, and it allows us to utilize uh, a more environmentally friendly type of fuel, 
reliably. So the producer gets the same amount of power that they need. They get it with the same reliability, if not better than diesel. Uh, and we're utilizing the gas so you don't have to flare it and you don't have to use expensive diesel fuel. So they're saving money, but... And that's awesome, especially right now that things are so tight in a profit margin for them. But, you know, when we when a lot of the shell plays started, you would see flaring as you drove through Eagle Ford primarily uh, or the Bakken or there was just so much flaring going on. It caught a lot of negative media attention. And you just don't really see that anymore. It almost seems as though. There's very, very little flaring that actually goes on, especially, um, you know, I am from San Antonio, as you're aware, and we have a home in Corpus Christi. And so we drive through there a lot. Today, literally, we may see one. Um, And so this practice has definitely caught on. Now, is this something proprietary to Agreco? It is. It's patent pending. Um, we've um, we've begun well, to good job. Yeah, no, no, good job. Yeah, thank Kudos. you. We've we've begun to use um, that uh, here in North America, uh, as well as down in Mexico and South America. So uh, it's a very specialized application, mm-hmm. and the conditions have to be right for it to be utilized. Uh, but when the conditions are right, and you have that high BTU type gas, uh, the system works exceptionally well. It's so understated, David, how companies are meeting the challenges that the energy sector are experiencing. And it's these third-party companies, a lot of them, uh, they're not necessarily the big operators or the big service companies. They're uh, an independent service company that is coming up with ideas to meet a need that they're seeing, a problem. And any time that you can find a company, rather it's a Greco or any other company that is really looking at how do I uh, save and save them money uh, with and create efficiency, but most importantly, take into consideration always the environment and right. the impact. And you don't you do see it coming on a lot more now with companies, and I think that's important to point out that Greco is one of those companies that is truly leading the way for the energy industry to be way more energy efficient. Um, as well as, of course, uh, considering the environment. So it's a win. It, it is a win. And, and one of the, you know, we have our salespeople out in the in the industry and, and they're going and they're talking with customers uh, about uh, their needs coming up around power to support artificial lift and other areas. But one of the things that, that, that these folks do is really ask a lot of questions around the challenges that these producers are facing because, we are trying to be as innovative as we possibly can to help the industry. Um, and it's all around efficiency, helping the environment, reliability, uh, and then scalability. Uh, so we're constantly asking questions to producers of, you know, around the power. What are the challenges you're facing? And if you could eliminate this particular challenge within the area, what does it mean to mean to you? And then we go to work and we go to looking at uh, through our engineering group and we start designing things like uh, this uh, BTU reduction skid that we have now. And uh, uh, these things happen very quickly. So as we start hearing about challenges, we go to work, we put engineering in place, and we come back with solutions. Excellent. David, on that note, we do have to take a quick break. You are listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. (music) 
Oil Field Experts is the only place you need to go to locate any part, any time for your automotive or oil field equipment needs. Specializing in hard-to-find oil field parts for your fleet maintenance needs, Oil Field Experts have been providing parts and accessories to keep your tools turning since 1965. From the auto repair shop to the pump jack, call us to get the right part right now. Here's the number, so write it down. Oil Field Experts, 210-471-1923. Again, that's 210-471-1923. Farmers and ranchers are the hardest working people on earth and deserve a side-by-side -side vehicle that works just as hard. That's why Yamaha makes the Viking an all-new Viking 6, the world's first true three and six person UTVs assembled in America. Ranked number one in drivetrain durability, Viking outworks and outclasses the competition in features, comfort, and off-road capability. For more, visit YamahaViking.com. Most dependable claim based on a 2013 Yamaha Source side-by-side -side owner study. American Wounded Heroes invites you to participate in our 11th Annual Golf Classic on August 6th, hosted at the Dominion Country Club at One Dominion Drive in San Antonio, Texas. The mission of the American Wounded Heroes Golf Classic is to significantly enhance and brighten the lives of our American Wounded Heroes and first responders. So come play some golf with us. You can participate as a golfer or sponsor a hero for $150 per person. Multiple corporate sponsorships are still available, but they're selling out fast. So please visit AmericanWoundedHeroesGolfClassic.com. Again, that's AmericanWoundedHeroesGolfClassic.com for more details. You can also contact J.D. Damien at 210-381-7492. Again, that's 210-381-7492. Welcome back to In the Old Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is David Dickard with Agreco. David, um, before the break, we were discussing how you guys have created a patent-pending type of technology that really is starting to minimize uh, flaring uh, that we are used to seeing in the past couple of years with operators. Uh, but between the break, you and I got to speaking about the great environment in which Agreco really values their employees and the type of employees that you guys have on your team to come up with solutions for these challenges that, that even the EMPs, the uh, operators, are, are struggling with. Mm -hmm. So tell me a little bit about what is a, a Greco? If you come into an operator, what do you guys pride yourself on in your team of being right. able to come up with a solution? So we, uh, we operate, we like to say we operate in a continuous learning environment all the time. And uh, the way our organization is set up is we're sector-focused. So we have... Um, technicians and operations managers and salespeople and engineers all focused within a particular sector. So like myself, um, all we deal with is upstream oil and gas, so we can become experts within upstream oil and gas. Um, so uh, from a technician standpoint, when our technicians step on the site in the field with a producer, um, they're basically just an extension of that producer's existing folks because we understand the industry from their perspective. So when we're having conversations with the producer on the site, it looks very similar to what type of internal conversations they're having. We know the same type of challenges they face. They know We know what they're trying to mitigate. We know the efficiencies they're trying to gain. 
And more importantly, we align with their safety protocol. So when our technicians step on site, uh, it's almost a mirrored image of, of the way that producer operates. Same way with our sales organization. When our sales organization walks in and sits down and starts talking with a producer or a client, we're not really trying to say, um, these are the products we have, would you like one? We're more talking about their business and we're more aligning to you know what their future looks like and 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 what they're trying to accomplish and then we begin to engineer on the back side of that from a power generation standpoint uh process enhancement standpoint uh then we begin to go to work and uh, we're just an extension of their organization right our engineering group works the same way our engineering group will collaborate with the producers engineers and together as a team they come up with solutions uh, so um, we try to understand the industry uh, just like our clients do. We, 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 uh, we try to understand the business protocols of our clients just like they do. And really, we just simply work as an extension of their business as we try to solve challenges. Give me an example of how you were able to, I don't want to necessarily mention an operator's mm-hmm. name, but tell me how you were able to come in and customize something that really worked for right. them that in which you utilize the best technology you guys right. have to offer. So we're going to talk about in another segment that's going to come up, we're going to speak on microgrids. And um, I'll give you an example. We, we, um, we had a producer, and, and we're basically just riding through a field um, one day. Our sales folks are out riding through a field, and they see all these diesel generators lined up on production pads. So we go in, and, and uh, the sales folks start inquiring about, why are you doing this? What's going on? And, and they had a bit of a, um, uh, a limitation on the utility grid that was built out in the area. Because this producer was continuing to build out production platforms, they had um, a drop in voltage, and they had intermittent outages within this utility line. Yeah, they were taxing that. Exactly. Utility. So uh, the field management was like, well, we need to go on generators. So they put some diesel generators out. They, they disconnected from the utility to limit the burden, and they started operating. So we sat down with them, and we started trying to understand why were they doing it this way we were just trying to understand what the uh the reasoning was and the reality of it is is um uh they were focused on production not necessarily power and when we were able and or efficiency and or efficiency so when we were able to get involved with them we were able to to collaborate with them and and show them a couple of different ways that they could uh accomplish the same task more efficiently and uh, as, as a better impact to their, to their overall operation. So what we did is we found a location and that, that was producing a, a good amount of field gas. And where the utility line was, we basically uh, disconnected the fuses, put a, a small grid of power generators, pulled the gas straight off of the well site, and uh, put them a, a two megawatt system in place and removed all the diesel generators that had on individual sites where they're having to deliver diesel fuel two or three times a day. And uh, so you get rid of all that. You get one central power station. You're operating on field gas. uh, And uh, away we go. Efficiency right there. That's interesting because going back to the old beginning of the uh, shale patches, if you will, and you saw a lot of flaring and you saw a whole lot of generators everywhere. <laughs> and so I guess as uh, Agreco is coming on and, and customizing work that fits the need of each and every operator or midstreamer, 
um, it's definitely they're taking advantage of the efficiency as well as not to mention the of course the the cost savings of and of course uh, limiting the the generators which would be burning the diesel fuel and so the emissions are definitely you're saving on that as well right so good job well we do have to take a quick break David when we return I want to get back on the topic of alternative fuels you're listening to in the old patch radio show and we'll be right back From the industry's toughest frack equipment manufacturer comes the latest innovation in frack sand delivery. Introducing Sandforce, the new frack sand delivery system from Dragon. The unique design, double drop gravity fed discharge system is trailer mounted and unloads the standard 25 tons in less than 12 minutes. So go ahead, give yourself an unfair advantage. Put the power of Sandforce to work for you today. Call 800-231-8198. Again, that number is 800-231-8198 or visit dragonsandforce.com. And we're back. Our guest today is David Dickard with Agreco. David, we've talked a lot about alternative fuels that the energy industry is using. And through the show, I have to say that what I've picked up is that Agreco is definitely going to be, you're going to make some some game-changing type moves here. So I'm very curious, what is in the future for Greco pertaining to oil and gas? Well, uh, there's a number of things that, that we're working on. Um, and uh, I think one of the things that I can talk about now is, so what happens when natural gas is not available on a production pad? What happens when um, we need uh, generators operating on a production pad to uh, operate artificial lift stations, and that particular pad's not producing enough gas to run the generators. Um, what do you do today instead of using diesel fuel? So one of the things that um, uh, it's on the horizon and it's beginning to get more and more prevalent uh, is utilizing natural gas in a transportable state. Um, and uh, there's uh, a lot of really good companies out there today that is supplying CNG and LNG. Um, Agreco is partnering with these uh, with these companies, and uh, we're uh, we're making that fuel mobile for the client, and we're wrapping uh, it all under one package. So uh, picture, if you will, if there's no overhead utility grid in your production area, right. and you've got all these individual generators uh, set up within a region, and maybe they're all got, burning diesel. They're all burning diesel. Maybe you've got 20, 25 of these generators out burning diesel. Picture being able to operate these generators ideally just the way you're operating today to where you're taking and, and making fuel drops at each one of these stations. But instead of using diesel fuel, you're using CNG or LNG, um, a safer fuel, uh, safer for the environment. Uh, it's more efficient for the producer. It comes at a lesser cost. It's highly reliable. Uh, so we're beginning to see that form out and grow uh, a lot larger than it, than it ever has. You know, there's an amazingly huge push for the awareness uh, to the community on the benefits of natural gas. And and we see it with municipalities changing their uh, big public bus systems into natural gas. Um, there's been a lot of changes that have been occurring because I think 
everyone is figuring out that right now natural gas is very, very cheap, but it's also such a great benefit because it burns cleaner than any other fuel out there. And so it's a great alternative to the traditional. And it's kind of strange to see, would you not agree? It's kind of strange to see that oil and gas are actually utilizing these alternative fuels, if you will, clean energy. They're producing it. It's coming out. They're capturing it, reutilizing it, repurposing it, if you will. Agreco is one of them that's doing that for the energy sector and utilizing and powering up these um, sites. It's amazing to see the transformation in just a couple of years uh, right. of how it's evolving right. so quickly to just be more right. uh, beneficial to the environment. And I think there's a huge push, too. I don't know if you've seen this, but I think there's a huge push, too, for really these operators to, they're very mindful of the environment, mm -hmm. and they're very uh, sensitive to how they operate these days, and they want to do business with companies like Agreco that are investing and saying, we're here to find a solution to take care of not just your needs, but also keeping in mind consistently the community and, of course, the environment. And right. how can we do these things safer, better, energy efficient, and protect the community right. and the uh, environment as well? Right. And, you know, with this with this transport of CNG and LNG, um, um, today it's – economical on a large scale, right? So if you need uh, truckloads of CNG at a drilling site, or you have a, uh, a site that you have a lot of demand from a power standpoint, uh, that's easy, right? So you bring in these big 40-foot trailers right. of CNG and LNG. What I'm talking about is taking that same efficiency to a smaller scale. So you have... Um, a lot smaller uh, usable source uh, that you don't need these big, large CNG trailers. You know, how do you replicate the use of that CNG, LNG, that natural gas on a small scale? And I think that's that's where we're going with it today. And it's it's going to look and it is looking exactly like a, a, a diesel model, but it's natural gas. Right. I think everyone uh, plays a part in this uh, value chain. But companies, you know, when you see these rental places that have these these generators and they're just pushing them out, and that, to me, kind of reminds me of it's still needed, I guess, to some degree, and they're still being utilized. But it also reminds me also if that's kind of old school. There's a better solution and better alternatives out there for operators to be utilizing. And while on the maybe on the front end it might run a little bit more, the cost savings on the long end, right. way different. Well, you have to look at the big picture, right? And um, there's a place for everything within this industry. Um, if you need to, to rent a generator for power for a short period of time, um, that's one thing. Then, then that's one thing. But if you're needing a solution on a larger scale, on a longer term scale, you have to look at the big picture. And, and that's an Agreco picture. Right. So <laughs> as you begin to look at the big picture, a lot of things come into play. And uh, I think that's where you get around the solution, using all these different technologies, scaling these different products together. And it's really where you collaborate with the client and with the vendor to come up with the right long-term solution. And, and I think solution's a good word for it. I mean, you're, you're after a solution, not a temporary fix. Well, I have to tell you um, at the end of this show how really excited I am to see the 
industry itself is evolving so quickly, um, but it's doing it in the right ways. Uh, it's a commodity that we just can't be without, and yet they're finding the most efficient ways and green ways to do these uh, to to do their work. And 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 it's it's everybody getting involved in it, including a great company like Agreco. But David, that is all the time we have for today. Look forward to having you on next week in studio again when we get to talk about microgrids. That's awesome. Thank you very much and can't wait. And that's all the time we have. But be sure to like us on Facebook. That's Facebook.com slash in the oil patch radio show. Or follow us on Twitter at Shell Mag. If you are interested in keeping up with In the Oil Patch Radio Show or the latest issue of Shell Magazine, you can do that. It's free. All you have to do is go to www.shellmag.com. Again, that's S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G.com and sign up for our free newsletter. That is going to wrap up another great show. We'll see you next week with more exciting news and insightful interviews. Until then... Adios. In the Oil Patch is where together we learn and explore topics that affect us all in oil and gas, business, and in your community. Every week, our host, Kim Bilotto, along with me, Alvin Bailey, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch.